This is the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. We are a church passionate about encountering Jesus and sharing his love with our city. To find out more about who we are, visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk. started a series last week with Hannah. Uh, no, two weeks ago, sorry. Easter was last week. Did everyone have a good Easter? Yeah? Good. Um, yeah, so Hannah started a, a new series called Come Holy Spirit a couple of weeks ago. Um, anyone got anything they can recall from that sermon? Even Hannah's struggling. <laughs> It was about the Holy Spirit. Well done. Rebecca? The Spirit is a person. That's one thing, yeah. Okay, so we've got lots to learn. That's fine. Right, well, today we're going on to um, kind of the, um, well, let's, let's just start. What we're doing with this series is we're trying to get a deeper understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. And that's the, that's the purpose. So, um, you know, we're going to look at how Holy uh, Spirit is our helper. We're going to look at how we stay in step with the Spirit over the next few weeks. We're going to look at what it means to be filled with the Spirit. We're going to look at what, it, uh, what freedom we find in the Spirit. And there's a few more after that as well. So there, there's probably six weeks or so of this. So hopefully by the end of it, we'll all have much better knowledge of the Holy Spirit than we've just demonstrated. Um, but today... Um, we're going to talk about the transforming work of the Holy Spirit. So this is just one element of, of, uh, of the series and, and really one element of, of what the Holy Spirit or who the Holy Spirit is and what he does as he interacts with us. So today we're going to be in the book of John. So if you've got a Bible, you might want to turn to John. We're going to be in chapter 3. Um, and I'm just going to give you a quick overview of uh, John, which is really the, an eyewitness testimony to the ministry of Jesus and to the revelation of Jesus. Um, John writes in chapter 20 uh, the kind of purpose for writing the book, which is um, now, yeah, there we go. It's easier to read, actually. Now, Jesus did many other, thing, many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these, these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So that's the point. That's why John wants to write his book. And he's taken all this time to, and, and effort to do so. so. But it's the eyewitness testimony of uh, Jesus and his ministry. And uh, the revelation of Jesus and who he is is all captured within the book. Um, and the book uses different stories. John uses different stories uh, which all point to Jesus being the Messiah, God with us. And... Um, Basically, that Jesus' presence is reality. It, that, that's what the book conveys. And throughout the book, Jesus, there's this pattern. Jesus performs a sign, or he'll make a claim about himself, uh, and people will misunderstand him, or they'll get angry uh, about what's going on. So you heal someone on the Sabbath, and there's uproar. Or he'll make a claim to be the Messiah, and people are like, well, I don't know what to make of that. And that's the point of the book, is all of these as you go through all these different stories, you're forced to make a choice about who you believe Jesus is. And that's what all these people had to do as they encountered uh, Jesus in his ministry. So the first part of the book kind of goes all the way through to where Lazarus is raised from the dead. And um, the, that's the first part of the book where we're going to be in uh, today. Um, up to that point, we're not going to go through every story. We're only going to really look at one story. 
uh, and we're going to be looking in, in John chapter 3. Um, and that's one of the initial stories. It's probably the second story that, or the third story that Jesus tells, um, or John tells, sorry, about Jesus interacting with different Jewish institutions. So he starts with um, at the wedding at Cana in Galilee where he's turning water into wine. Um, and then he goes to the temple and he turns over the tables. And then he has this encounter with this guy called Nicodemus, which we're going to read through um, just now. So there's probably three slides here. So Nicodemus and Jesus. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Go on to the next one. Brilliant. Uh, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Okay, so Israel and this guy Nicodemus, Nicodemus was also a rabbi, uh, the book goes on to tell us that. So he understood the law, and that was how Israel um, engaged with God. That's how they knew who God was. That's how they interacted with God. It was all through the temple worship. Um, and Nicodemus comes, uh, he's representing the law in this story, uh, and has a discussion with Jesus about who Jesus is, essentially. Is Jesus just a teacher? He calls him rabbi. You know, it's kind of respectful. You know, he wasn't trained, but um, they could see that he knew the law and could respond to that. Um, but Jesus goes much, much further than that. He doesn't say, yes, I'm, I'm one of you. He says, I, uh, says, you need to be born again. He says, you need to enter the kingdom of God by being born again of the Spirit. Uh, so Jesus is essentially claiming the need to trust in him, um, that he came from heaven. It talks about uh, the Son of, Son of God uh, descending. Um, and that Nicodemus has a choice to make, essentially, to either believe Jesus or not believe Jesus. So, what happens? What, what's Nicodemus thinking? Uh, so Nicodemus, he would have understood what Jesus said in this context, which is a, a passage from Ezekiel, which is a prophecy. It says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. You shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. So that, I think that's how Nicodemus would have probably understood what Jesus was saying to him about being born again and being of the Spirit and getting a new heart and, and, and ripping out that heart of stone and replacing it with a heart of flesh. Um, so we're in this pattern of Jesus pointing all these different institutions 
to himself as actually I'm what it's about. That's what Jesus is saying. He's pointing to himself as being the Messiah. Um, so what of Nicodemus? What do we think happened? Anyone know? Well, let's go to the next slide. So Nicodemus, the end of John, chapter 19. After these things, this is after Jesus has been crucified. Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. So Nicodemus makes it. He's there in the end. He's one of them. He's one of the disciples. He's not one of the 12, but he's, he's one of the followers uh, of, of Jesus. Um, and a little bit earlier in the book, uh, it says that, I think I actually have that, so I'm going to hold that thought just for now. Um, so despite that initial confusion that uh, Nicodemus had, he later did become a follower of Jesus. Um, he brought oils, and, and he would have been standing up to you know, the, the Jews. That he, was, he was part of the rabbis. These are the guys that killed Jesus. He was part of that crew, and now he's not. He's in Jesus' group. So that's quite a cool transformation, I think. Um, and John uses this, um, this phrase of night, uh, came to Jesus by night, and I think that's the setting that probably did happen, but uh, throughout the book of John, John uses that as, as an indication of, of, of spiritual darkness. And we're seeing here that he's come from that spiritual darkness of night into the light in, in, in terms of following Jesus. So, um, yeah. So we're just going to go through a little bit of the process now that maybe Nicodemus went through uh, and how the Spirit transforms us today. Um, so hopefully this, uh, this makes sense. So um, the Spirit reveals who Jesus is. So in, in uh, 2 Corinthians, Paul writes, For to this day, uh, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled hearts, uh, unveiled face, uh, beholding the glory of the Lord. So it's the Holy Spirit, the first work he does is revealing who is Jesus. And that's what happened with Nicodemus, right? Jesus is talking to him, he makes a claim. And the Holy Spirit has obviously, at some point, either there or after that fact, has said, Jesus is the Messiah, and Nicodemus comes to believe. So that's a critical work of the Spirit, right, in our lives as well, is showing us who Jesus is. Um, and uh, that's what we want to take into our city, right? We want to take that knowledge and that revelation of Jesus with us as we, as we go. So it opens our eyes and removes the veil. Uh, the second thing the Spirit does is he saves us uh, by faith, and he sustains us by faith. So, um, again, Second Corinthians, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, 
has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So as the veil is removed, we can see that glory of God. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. So we go there from a revelation to holding this treasure, having this treasure in us. Um, and then we go into faith, and then that faith is sustained, and we have assurance. So one of the works of the Holy Spirit is assurance, assuring us of our faith that we are justified and that we are, uh, in fact, saved. Um, Nicodemus, uh, sorry, actually this was a bit I skipped, but in Ch John 7, there's another slide on this one, um, it says Nicodemus kind of sustained faith. So the officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to, the, to, who said to them, why did you not bring him? No one ever spoke like this man, the Pharisees answered him. Have you also been deceived? Have any of the authorities or the Pharisees believed him? And then Nicodemus who had gone to him before and who was now one of them, said to them, does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? So this isn't just, you know, sustained faith after the crucifixion and when there's nobody really there at Jesus' body. This is right at the heart of the argument of should we start, you know, action against Jesus to eventually kill him, right? That's what this is. So that's a pretty hostile environment. And for someone to have been in that that mode or, or in that, that place, that space of that he would have been on the other side. I think that's a, a great transformation, a really strong show of faith uh, there that Nicodemus has. So, um, the, the last thing that I wanted to talk about was that the Holy Spirit changes us uh, and produces good fruit, in us, good fruit in us. So there's this transformation of our character. So we go from revelation to faith, to sustained faith, into being changed, into being sanctified, into being made holy, to be being, being made like Jesus. Um, and in Galatian, uh, sorry, 2 Corinthians still, uh, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So this, be, this being transformed from one degree of glory to eventually being like Jesus and being in heaven with him uh, is a work of the Spirit, and it's a continual thing. And we all go through this at different paces, right? Some of us extremely quickly, like Hannah, who is very Christ-like, and the rest of us much, much more slowly. Um, so, and then in Galatians, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And I'm sure someone will be speaking on that verse later, but um, I think that's just, you know, part of the transformation is the fruit that results from that, that, that transformation. So, we go through this, like, this acceptance of forgiveness into this commitment to being made holy and being transformed. Um, 
It's uh, Gordon Fee. He calls it getting into the kingdom and then staying in the kingdom. So you get into the kingdom, you get the revelation, you get the saving faith, but you have that sustained faith and that, that sustained transformation as well in terms of staying in the kingdom. It's joining and belonging. Uh, it's having faith in Christ, but being faithful to him in the long run as well. Um, so, you know, we see Nicodemus being drawn to Jesus, the Spirit revealing to Nicodemus who Jesus is. Um, Nicodemus receives that gift of faith, and that's what sustains him through a pretty rough time if you've committed your life to Jesus, and then he's, he's taken and killed on a cross. Um, and he's right there at the end. Uh, and he was obviously changed and transformed from a skeptic asking difficult questions to a dedicated disciple. So that's really kind of what I picked out from, from his journey. Um, you know, there's one more slide there, just, just to say, re revealing Jesus, saving and sustaining faith, and produces fruit. That, that, those are kind of the three, the three points to take away today. So, nice quick, nothing too complicated there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think, you know, there's something in this for all of us. Um, you know, it may be that you don't know Jesus and you need that initial re revelation of who he is. We believe that he is the Son of God. We believe he is the Messiah, that he is here to establish his kingdom. Um, it may be that you've been a Christian for 30 years and you've not made much progress recently and you feel like you need to go through a bit more transformation, having heard this. Um, it may be that you're very aware of the transformation that you're going through and you just need somebody to come alongside you to pray with you. So I think, um, Katie, if you want to come back up and we can have some, some worship, but just while Katie's doing that, maybe we could all stand. I spoke about the, um, the four stories at the start of the book, just at the, at the beginning. And, uh, you know, the first, the first one is where he turns water into wine. And that's just a demonstration of the goodness of God. You know, they'd run out of wine at the, at the party, uh, at the wedding. And then Jesus made the best wine out of water. And that was his first miracle, just demonstrating his goodness and being kind to his hosts. Um, he then went to the, te the temple and turned over the tables, which demonstrates our need to repent and to have wholeness in, in us uh, today. Um, and then Nicodemus, we see Jesus filling this gap in his heart. He had questions, and Jesus answered that question and filled that gap. And then finally, he goes to the well, and there's a Samaritan woman there, and um, he offers her water and saying she will never be thirsty again. Um, so I think there's something in that for each of us. So maybe just if you want to just close your eyes, just adopt a, a posture of acceptance and we just ask God to come. Ask Spirit to come. Come Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to the Stirling Vineyard Sunday podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, please visit our website at stirlingvineyard.co.uk or find us on social media at Stirling Vineyard Church. <laughs>